The Sportzilla Show starts now. This is Bill Belichick, coach of the New England Patriots. He's won six Super Bowls. How? He cheated. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. The NCAA has suspended potential number one pick James Wiseman of Memphis for 12 total games. He will be clear as of January 12th. They've also said that Wiseman must donate 11500 to a charity of his choice. Boy, are we going to have to start paying these players? Um, I mean, he's going to make some money. He's probably the number one pick in the draft in the NBA next season. But he does have to get through this season. So are they going to give him a chance to have some payment plans on this or pay it? After he gets his first NBA check. It's like, I have a job and I can't even, can't even afford that. How is this guy who is just a full-time athlete going to afford this? I couldn't afford $11.50 right now. Come on. And he can't ask anybody to loan it to him or else he gets in trouble. Correct. Oh, yeah. But the, NCAA, the NCAA and these coaches, they got planes flying them all over the country. Planes is part of their deals. But no, no. eleven five. you got to figure out how to pay that. Unbelievable! God forbid he sell a jersey or something. Seventy-two sixty or seventy-two fifty-three. Syracuse Cornell for Cornell. Jimmy Beheim twenty-five points. Everybody else kind of struggled. Uh, some have said he was the best player on the court last night overall in that game for Syracuse. Buddy Beheim, the baby brother, sixteen points. Elijah Hughes at twenty-two, and Jim got a win against his son for the third time in a row. Much to the chagrin, perhaps, of Julie Beheim. Uh, they had the Battle of the Beheims 3.0, Cornell versus Syracuse, November 20th, 2019 shirts. You may have seen those in the crowd at the Dome. Matt Gutierrez of The Athletic said, The student section yells airball when Jimmy Buckets, I mean Beheim, uh, has the ball in his hands whenever that happens. And finally, Julie stood up, put her arms in the air, pleading them to stop. That's still my son, and I love that boy. <laughs> I ad-libbed the last portion of that. Uh, uh, another takeaway I found online, social media, up in that realm as far as the game. Dude, uh, G. Foster says, I'm putting it out there officially. A three by Gary A. should be announced as a tray by Gary A. And a bucket should be a do by Q, said with the most basic of French accents. Because like it works. A like do that. by Q. Um, wait, Matt Park, you still, you still hearing this, buddy? The voice? Not a bad idea, right? You think I'll work that in? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. What are your takeaways from this game, Scoop? Well, it's uh, one of the funnest games of the year to see father coaching son against son, to see mom freaking out. You know, uh, it's a family affair, like I said yesterday. You know, Cornell hasn't won this game in a while. Was it 1968? Yes. I don't think we were really worried on behalf of the Orange. But Jimmy gave him some problems. The rest of the team, not so much. The rest of the team struggled shooting. Jimmy, though, he got it. He's, he can put it down. Here's what Jim Beheim, the coach, said about coach against his son. You ready? I don't really like coaching against my son, but, you know, that's we got to do it once a year. we got to get through it. But uh, he played really well, and uh, I'm sure his mother's happy. There you have it. The, the glue guy's finger got stuck there. We'll break down the fourth wall. Hello. That's all right, man. What are your takeaways, glue guy, from this game? What do you feel about watching Bayheim coach his son against his son with poor Julie sitting there in the stands? Well, I think the game went as we all expected it to go. It did. But I thought it was definitely a cool storyline. 
Um, you know, I don't think the game would have gotten as much attention otherwise. Oh, cool, SU won. But the fact that there was the Bayheim Bowl going on, people were interested. Yeah, I like when it's referenced as the Bayheim Bowl. I also think the big story is Jalen Carey with regards to the injured right thumb. Who knew, right? Nobody knew that, and now a red shirt, right? Yeah, which is probably best in his interest and best in the interest of the team because, you know, he can rest up, uh, you know, a little more eligibility. That's a good thing. Elijah Hughes kept the most important conversation happening front and center in the Carrier Dome and on the campus and in this community. I thought, perfect time. Let's actually share what Jim Beheim said about that. Yeah, not again, SU. Players decided that they wanted to show support, as I did the other day. And uh, that was their idea. I thought it was a good idea. Everybody in the university thought it was a good idea. Um, and, uh, you know, just have to deal with this as we move forward. There was a, I thought from, I, I don't, I'm not up enough to really talk about it, but I thought there was a lot of things that were, the chancellor said and did in writing that was really positive, good things. And sometimes, you know, people want everything. Sometimes it's hard to do that. But uh, I just am concerned for our campus and for all the students here. And uh, I'm hopeful that, uh, you know, we'll get through this and things will be done to satisfy everybody. And, uh, you know, it's a, not something that anybody that went to Syracuse and is proud of going to Syracuse uh, is happy about. So hopefully things are going to be done and will be done that are, I think, important changes. And uh, we'll come to some uh, agreement moving forward and we'll be able to move on. That's what we're all hopeful for. But I was glad the players wanted to do something and uh, happy they showed their support. That is Jim Beheim in reference to the Not Again SU protest, specifically the T-shirt Elijah Hughes and the rest of the players wore. Elijah said basically, uh, I'll paraphrase, I came up with the idea, went to coach, he totally supported it. That's what we did. He went and talked to some of the protesters, felt strongly about this. A very a very hard subject to talk about, but something that has to be talked about. The conversation has to continue until this awful, disgusting hate and nonsense stops. That's and, it. And city police apparently have identified a suspect in connection with four incidents of graffiti in and around the garage and the school's library. So something is happening in terms of apprehending and talking to the people that may be suspected of some of these things. Oh, wow. Just, it's just, it just, I'm just sad that this happened at all. Well, you know, angry, frustrated, confused. Everybody who is an SU alum, you hear from people across the country, across the country, making statements that, that they feel bad that this is happening at this university that they love, where they spent these great years of their lives. And it's unfortunate that these students there now aren't sharing in that good feeling, you know, uh, of what their campus community is like, and they feel threatened. If if you are a person of color or in a minority on that campus, you are scared to exist right now, and that should not be happening. 
That's a blatantly obvious statement. I think I heard one uh, woman on Spectrum News the other day who was in a sorority say she really doesn't want to leave the sorority house. She's terrified to go outside of her house, and and, and I get it because there's a lot of questions still left to be answered. I suppose we'll wait till they're answered. The SportsZilla Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Scoop, Rain, and the glue guy, Matt, off the leash, talking some basketball. Let's transition that from college to the pros and the NBA and another blatantly obvious statement, Luka Doncic is amazing. I think we threw that opinion out there, but there are so many. We got the receipts. There's there's just stats to back it up. There's tons of stats to back it up. Also, you could just watch him play the eyeball test. He does it all. Legler was on the mothership. And Legs was talking about that, Tim Legler, and he's spot on. He's like, he's got a little bit of LeBron in him with his ability to pass the ball. He's got some Larry Bird with his ability to shoot. He can handle the basketball in general. He's a walking triple-double. He's a baby. He's not even 21. This is his second year in the league. I mean, LeBron James Scoop just got his triple-double where he's had one again, at least one against every team. But look at Luka Doncic. Most triple-doubles before 20, turning 21 all-time. He's got 15 of them. LeBron has five. Magic has seven. You're looking at a kid at 20 years old who you're going, Just keep it up and you're in the Hall of Fame. No doubt. I mean, and you you think you surround good players or you surround him with good players. You're looking at a team that's going to have a nice string of being a championship contender. You can't deny that. LeBron's 35. He's not playing forever. Extrapolate that over the next decade to 15 years. Well, you hope you can extrapolate that. One would hope. The injury thing, you just never know, but that's very impressive. And him and Giannis, I mean, my God, look at the future of this league. These young guys are tearing it up. Well, look at the 76ers also. They've got a good young core in place, which brings me to, you wanted to troll me about my Knicks. Go ahead. Uh, two things. Mark Cuban, the luckiest man alive. Yeah. How you go he... from Dirk Nowitzki to Luka Doncic. How? And now uh, Porzingis, obviously. And Ben Simmons is leading the league in uh, three points made. Percentage. Percentage. Correct. Correct. Percentage. He hit one. He hit one in the preseason, and he hit one now in a regular season game. He's been, what, active for two years now? A couple, ben yeah. Ben Simmons? Yeah. He, this, this is his first year first with injury. three-pointer made in the regular season. And it was pure, too. It, it was. was pure. He's a lefty, too. I noticed that. But let's talk about this situation with the Knicks. Marcus Morris and his leadership being important, and the situation he ran into with Joel Embiid, who is highly entertaining if you're an NBA fan, just his tweets alone, just when he gets on the tweeter. Oh, but Scoop, let's let's dissect this play a little bit here. Well, Marcus flattened him out there, you know. I mean, uh, and called him a flopper because he did. Not because I'm a Knicks fan. Stop it. I saw it. He flopped. Well, he, that that is the criticism at times. Uh, but the dude's a beast. I'm a Joel Embiid fan, and he didn't really clap back. He has been known to clap back, but maybe he kind of knew it. You know what I mean? And Marcus is a big guy himself. He is a former Celtic, so he's he's the kind of grit guy that you want on your team, but you don't want to go against him. Yeah, he's a big, strong guy, but Joel Embiid is bigger than him, and I highly doubt, and I watched that play, he did not, he might have lost his balance, 
But it looked like a flop to me. I mean, even LeBron has flopped before. And the histrionics and the drama and the flair and the flailing of the arms. And, oh, my goodness, he fouled me. Well, that's what you got That's what you got to do. I mean, that's what you got to do to get a call sometimes. for crying out loud. They Especially to, against star players. Like Shaq, they beat the living hell out of the guy just because he was bigger than everybody else. Whack-a-Shaq. You know, Marcus Morris, though, from Philadelphia. So he wants to show up strong for... Friends and family, obviously. Uh, they're all on his side. Anybody with eyes could see that. And you guys are going to tell me, no, it's because it was the Knicks. No, man. Or am I just getting ahead of the story here? You're just getting way ahead of that. See, I expect it now, and you guys just leave me hanging. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay. I'm we waiting. love the Knicks. There's something planned here. There always is. I've been handed well, s- let, some of our content ideas and been let, told. Let's, let, let's now, now wait a minute. Hold on. Let's let's point out. Even though I've been told, Joe that, Embiid got planted that the Sixers won the game, ladies and gentlemen. Let, we, for the way you might have taken this, <laughs> you might have thought that the Knicks won the game, but they did not win the game. No. They just won the fight. It's like the old hockey thing. Well, you lose the game, you win the fight. Well, that's what the Knicks did. They lost the game. They won the fight. Yeah, I know, but it's just terrible. I, I need something. I tell you this all the time. I need something believe, to believe in. You guys hand me stuff and go, this is the troll you with. <laughs> and then I read it, and I'm like, I start picking out things. I'm like, they're going to get me on that. But let's show the other side of the coin. You do the same thing to us. No, I don't. Yes, you do. You're No, no. 4 and 11. You look right, you look right over there, and you tell them that. I 4 don't and 11. They can't see my eyes. Are you hearing that? Fingers are crossed. 4 and 11. 11. Jinx. I know. They're terrible. In stereo. Four and eleven. <sighs> the Clippers are not, though. Uh, speaking of your Celtics, let's wrap up our opening segment on basketball with that one hundred seven, one hundred four, and OT. I, I I fell asleep early, but I woke up and I'm like, "What happened?" Because I saw that Marcus Smart was trending with the amazing play that he made. Yeah, um, probably Defensive Player of the Year conversation at least. But Paul George and Kawhi Leonard takes the Celtics team to overtime. And eventually wins. Do you know that they are a better team statistically with Paul George on the court and Kawhi taking a quick break, even though they are significantly better plus minus with Kawhi on the court? But then if you take both of them off of the court for whatever reason, whether it's load management or Paul George has obviously not been available in the early part of the season up until recently, they're like a negative nine point differential. So clearly, these two on the court healthy, if they can really gel this together, man, they're going to give the Lakers and anybody else a run for their money just in the Western Conference well, alone. The Clippers team as a whole are just stacked. They're stacked. Uh, they got Lou Williams, who is always in the conversation for sixth man of the year. Pat Beverly. Pat Beverly, who's just, just a, a an energy type of guy who will get in your face, play defensively. They're just a stacked team. Oh, and by the way, their two best players are six foot eight, both of them. And athletic and yeah. long, and Kawhi's got massive hands. And it's funny because the other day, wasn't it Joel Embiid who was talking about Pat Beverly just runs around and it's a bunch of nonsense. He's not as good as you think. Energy and effort is what makes you good on the defensive end. You have to know the schemes, but if you play with energy, you are going to be an elite defender or better than the the rest or most players in the league. So, Matt, were you conscious or unconscious when Kawhi Leonard smacked down that uh, Kemba Walker shot? I was uh, gone. I was not awake at that time. That's probably a good thing. Yeah, But I did watch highlights, and it goes, ooh, that kind of hurt. That was uh, that was one of those that goes, I see you, Kawhi. That was a hell of a play. Well, and, and look, uh, there was a 10-point deficit there. 
And Kawhi almost hit the three to win it in a regulation. That was a hard-fought game, entertainment. It was. I saw a lot of people that said uh, if this were to be the NBA Finals matchup, they would probably set ratings record because of how entertaining it would Playoffs, be. Uh, players described it as a playoff atmosphere. Yeah. You love to see it. You don't like to see a youth baseball umpire walking off the field. We'll discuss that, and it'll lead us into a conversation about this asterisk. And you won't like the reason why either. I won't. What's that? The umpire walking off. Okay, well, then we're going to have you set that up. Glue guys coming correct in the next segment. So we'll do that. We'll talk about the Astros cheating scandal, uh, some breaking news uh, yesterday involving the New York Yankees who did some things that they should have done a while ago. And that's next on the SportsZilla Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. It's the Romano Subaru SU football pregame show Saturday. Seth Goldberg getting you ready for SU Louisville. You'll hear from Dino Babers and other guests 2 to 4 p.m. this Saturday. Scoop, I don't know what this youth umpire's name is. I've been trying to find it. Glue Guy is on a search at ESPN Sportzilla. That's our Twitter, and he's going to share this video. I should have done it already for those that may have been visually viewing us you got a little behind the scenes and you're aware of that so i thought i'd put that out there but basically here's what happened so there's a game newport harbor high school and it it doesn't involve a high school team it's like this youth team and needless to say the parents are heckling this guy right and usually you got to deal with that because the parents of kids in youth sports programs can be What's the word I'm looking for that's appropriate for air? Jerks. Yeah, pretty much that works. Well, this umpire just had enough, and he walked off the field, just said, I'm done. I'm taking my stuff, and I'm going home. Don't try to stop me. Generally, these guys get paid about 50 bucks a game, and the last thing you want, you know, you deal with some parents. You're going to get emotional because it's your kids, but they were just heckling this guy, and they were merciless, and he had enough. So he said, that's it. I'm out. Peace. See you later. Bye. That's what happened. Is it funny or what? They need to hire him a heckler to answer back. Well, I've got a little bit of audio from this because it's been posted like on TikTok and then the video has been shared all over. It's starting to kind of pick up steam and I guess it's on the verge of going viral. But this is kind of a little bit of what it sounded like. Now, listen, listen in about halfway through is about 30 seconds long for this one mom and what she specifically said to him. And I understand why he got mad. I mean, his manhood was insulted. It was just not nice. I'm not hearing another word in the game. Then be fair. No, no, no. Wait a second. Did you hear me? Yeah, I heard you. Okay. Do you want to have a game here? No. Quiet down. It's a baseball game. Hey, stay professional for the kids and just do your job. Come on. That's it. Come on. Are you mad because the kids are taller than you? Hey, man, because the kids are taller than you. That's what she said. She called him a jerk at the end. Oh, stay and be professional for the kids. Well, be respectable human beings to this guy. There's an irony to them and what they're saying to this poor guy. Okay, Karen, isn't there a box of (laughs) wine waiting for you at home at the end of the cul-de-sac in Suburbanville? I'd worry that there was a little bit of wine. One of my favorite replies to that video is, you're... 
The umpire did not make your child go one and eight, Karen. Yeah, that's right, Karen. <laughs> and why is it always Karen? But it is always Karen with that it's stuff. It's a memed name by now. Put your nose back in your Harlequin romance, Karen. This Astros cheating scandal is we, uh, let's just leave that alone because this is going to go off the rails. Sportsilla Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. But yes, the Astros cheating scandal. Rob Manfred from Rome, New York, the commissioner of Major League Baseball. Well, he said, yeah, we've got a serious investigation going here. More and more evidence keeps uh, just coming to light. It reminds me of something else going on in the world. I don't know what that is. Well, they have uh, their own World Series video. You can see the gear that they used to steal the signs. You can see the guy, like, right inside the tunnel from the dugout, carries this huge monitor in their own 2017 World Series documentary. So it's like a frat party type of thing. They've provided the proof. They have provided the proof to take them down. I don't know if they go to the point of vacating a title, but there's going to be some severe penalties for the Astros because they are guilty. And it was from the top of the organization in management all the way on down into that dugout and in with the players and more and more, as people are out there are going through video of games, of Houston Astros games, this has been going on for a long time, and they've all been doing it, and you can hear it. it it's clear as, I mean, you can just hear it. And they're breaking down pitch sequences. Should we start banging on trash cans in here? So, so I can find out what, like, your... If it's going to be a changeup? Like, one we, bang, and it's going to be the glue guy on the mic. Two bangs, and it's scoop. Three bangs, and it's the bald guy. Four bangs, we go to break. Yeah, there you go. Wait. No, there we go. Not, no, we're not there quite yet. We got a couple things we to got talk two minutes. about as far as baseball is. Wait, wait, apparently, the Astros are the only team that's being investigated. Even though we've heard rumors that there are other teams that do this, like the Yankees. Even though Rain is in denial about that, what, what's your proof then? I don't have any proof. Exactly. I'm, I'm just saying what everybody else is saying. The gossip. Because I love to watch the top of your head just burst off of your skull. You're just, you're perpetuating <laughs> lies. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. You made that up. You fabricated that. I didn't make that. that up. That's part of the national dialogue about sign stealing. The proper response scoop is to just go, yeah, I read it somewhere online. But they won't get, tr- <laughs> they won't get tr- in trouble for it because what I think the commissioner's office will do is come down with a hard and heavy penalty on the Astros as sort of, an indication assigned to the rest of the league that, like, hey, and probably with a statement to that effect that we're not going to tolerate this, and if we catch you doing this, you're going to get a big fine like this, a big penalty. The Astros should be accusing the accusers of stealing signs. That's how you get out of it. I th- Yeah, do they lose some draft picks, maybe a financial penalty? I mean, you can't vacate games. It's not like the stupid stuff the NCAA does with wins for Jim Beheim that he won, you know, like a 100 and something of them, but... I'm sorry, that's a discussion for another time. Real quick, though, Yankees released, finally, I wanted to wait till that last year. I think that's really what it ultimately amounts to. But it's $26 million, a $5 million buyout next season. This upcoming, or in 2021, this upcoming season, it's like $21 million. I'm glad they're done with them. That's a team that can absorb that inexorbitant amount of money. Greg Bird designated. It's just time to move on from the guy. He might catch on somewhere else. He's got some power, but his batting average is crap. He's average on defense, and I wanted to see him succeed, but they have so many other options now. I think Miguel Andahar potentially getting a little bit of time there, maybe some DH occasionally at third base, because I think they want to keep him and his bat. 
is an option. Nestor Cortez is another one that they've designated. They got rid of basically those three to finalize and keep because of the Rule 5 draft, that 40-man roster. And all teams are doing this, but that's the latest with the Yankees. And nobody cares about any other teams around here except a few Red Sox fans. Can I? Mets fans now. Come on. True. Oh, yeah. This is the station that broadcasts the Mets, too. Whatever. They're the Mets. No, I'm kidding. Can I play some uh, Jacoby Ellsbury highlights real quick? Um, So dead silence? Yeah. Did you see that video? Somebody was tweeting their Jacoby Ellsbury highlights from his entire time with the Yankees. It's just a black screen. And it's just a black screen. It's you just just nothing's there. There was nothing there. He didn't do much of anything. Let's take our break. We're going to come back, talk NFL. I will be trolled in this segment because I'm a Giants fan. Very interesting. Some uh, information we have on Daniel Jones, the New York football Giants quarterback. Next, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Lane and Scoop. So what do you got for us in front of you, Scoop? You were going to tell everybody about one of the fine programs they can listen to here on ESPN Radio? Why, that would be the Burdick BMW football postgame show on Saturday. Seth Everett and James McGraw recapping SU Louisville. You can call in with your take on the game. Show starts immediately following the game. I'm glad you started with a, a little bit of a football rejoin, as we call it in the biz. Because we got to talk about football. Now, on the brother station, the Bills are aired, and John Brown, receiver, is for the first time in a while a legitimate threat as far as receivers are concerned. And something that the Bills haven't had in that 10 games with at least 50 yards in receptions. Now, you go, really? Because you think back on the likes of Andre Reid, that's the first guy I thought of. Yep. He didn't do it. Eric Moles didn't do it. Lee Evans, Stevie Johnson, Terrell Owens, they had him for a while. Uh, it's John Brown now doing this for the Buffalo Bills. It's crazy. Sammy Watkins had 60 in 2015. It's been that many seasons since they've had a wideout that caught at least that many passes. Here's a crazy thing, too, though. As for his yardage total, he has an outside chance of surpassing Eric Mould's single-season record, which is 1,326 yards. He did that back in 2000, so you're looking at 19 years ago. If he averages 85 yards a game over the last six weeks, he could do that. That's consistency. That's a player you keep and you build off of because you know what you're going to get every single game, and that's what a lot of teams don't have. The Bills actually have that, and a quarterback that's still young in his second season that's getting better and better and better, and now... And and that's what I was going to say, too. you got to give the quarterback credit as well. He's making the right choices, the right reads. He's actually healthy. Yes. And he's making plays. Seven and three team, I mean, a week or two, you're really going to know if this team is legit, because right now they look it. They look like a playoff team. Defensively, I think they've got a good enough defense to make a run. I don't know what happens if they run into the Patriots, who have, by the way, 19 straight winning seasons officially with their last win. That's amazing. It's a, it's a very impressive run, and people like to say, oh, is it Bill's? Brilliant! Is it Tom Brady? Is it ownership? Why can't we just give the credit to all of them? The uh, nobody <laughs> wants to give credit to the no? Patriots. I don't know if the Dallas Cowboys are as naturally despised now as the Patriots, but it's it's a conversation between the two teams. Well, when you give yourself the moniker America's team, 
you're very unlikable. Well, you could talk about broadcasters as well. Joe Buck is some people like him, some people tolerate him, and a lot of people can't stand him. And Collins, then, Collinsworth, and then the, yeah, he's another one. But then there's Tony Romo, who every week you go, oh wow, yeah, everybody else seems to think that he's the best in the game at what he's doing. But isn't he just a fresh, uh, fresher breath of air? Jesus, a, f- a breath yeah, of that fresh came out really air. bad. A breath of fresh air. I'm going to retire as a broadcaster. Yield back the rest of your time to Scoop <laughs> right now. Scoop. Well, it's the Broncos for the Bills this week. And the the question about Josh Allen is the long ball. Can he get a little better at throwing the long ball? Because when you're talking about John Brown, I think his longest reception, uh, 45 yards. So w- when you're talking about a guy with 10 games of over 50 yards – there aren't a lot of big plays in that list of receptions there. So that's the challenge for Josh Allen to be a little more accurate with that long ball. Facing a team this Sunday that has the fifth best defense against the pass. That's kind of what I'm, yeah, I was saying with you're going to really find out over the next couple of weeks and see whether, I mean, if this team ends up nine and three, Okay, then there's a legit conversation here. I have thought that a playoff matchup between the Bills and Baltimore would be really interesting because I'd like to see that Baltimore offense against that Buffalo defense because I'm people are loving Lamar right now and I'm not totally I'm not sure yet. I'm not sold. It's that the Ravens have been getting better and better and better every week, but didn't they, they just crush Houston, who's yes. playing tonight against Indy? Both of those teams are six and four AFC South division. This is an important matchup. Scope, you said it to me right before we got on the air. I'm surprised. You're surprised. I think a lot of people are surprised. Indy is where they are, and Brissett's out right now. Am I correct, or is he? He was injured for a little bit. Is he back? I, he was back last week. Yeah, yeah, he was back last week, but nobody thought they were going to be six and four with Andrew Luck just basically retiring out of uh, nowhere five minutes before Would the season started. You predicted that they'd have a better record than the Cleveland Browns after Andrew Luck's retirement? Probably not. But I'd they predict do. anybody'd have a better record than the Cleveland Browns, even though I predicted like an eleven and five season for Cleveland before it started. <laughs> yes, you did. So. That I did. was I a very it. bad shot by you. That was mean. I admit it. Hey, I just admitted it. I was wrong, and I admit it. You're- Two and eight. I know, I know. No, because I'm setting him up a little Danny bit. Danny Dimes is Danny the ATM. Because here it comes. Here it comes. The Daniel Jones alarming trend is on everybody's mind. And Scoop, what is it as uh, we transition to my turn on the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1? At least you can speak. Well, he's fumbling the ball a lot. 17 turnovers on the season. It's too much. It's what rookies do. They turn the ball over, right? Jamal Adams, you're going to see that in your sleep, aren't you? Rips that ball away. Rumble with the fumble. 25 yards for a touchdown. Oh, Jets. I guess Giants. So. Oh, it burns, doesn't it? It just burns. Was that a sizzle? That was a sizzle? Burns. They got a soldier field, uh, soldier field matchup with the Bears. 13 fumbles. Wow, man. So are you worried for Khalil Mack against this? Khalil Mack's just going to pick up Danny Dimes, Danny the ATM, and carry him into the end zone. He'll probably just rip his arm off with a ball in it and run and yeah, take it back to the house. Yeah, of course I am. I'm realistic. It's a problem. It's a it's a definite problem. Daniel Jones is averaging over two turnovers per game. Every I mean that's just not acceptable. He's a rookie. 
I know. I understand that. But not all rookies do this. You know what I mean? This is his problem, his issue, his cross to bear, and he's got to get better at this. Did I just defend Danny Pennies, by the way? Oh, would you stop with this stupid Nick? That's better than Danny Dimes, though. Danny. He played in Mexico City. He could be Danny Pesos. <laughs> oh, buddy. Listen to you. And, and wait, if they go to London, what is it over there? A pounds? A pounds. Danny pounds. Danny pounds. Any other currencies you want to throw at me? Danny pounds might really work when you think about it. Uh, what, sand? Is that what he pounds? Salt. Salt, that too. Yeah, it's a concern. I mean, to answer your question, yes, it is definitely a concern. Danny Dimes at has been Danny the, Bears, the ATM for opposing defenses. <laughs> at least the Bears' offense is trash. Yeah, it's not great, but even so, if they don't have the, the Giants don't have the ball, they have a chance. I mean, you've got what's Trubitsky going to put up a lot of points? Oh no, he's not because didn't he get benched? I believe. He well, they're did. saying it's an injury, but some say it looks like he was benched because of play. But look, I, if you're a Bears fan, you might take Danny Dimes rather than Mitchell Trubisky. At this point, yeah, I would you know? think that you would. Listen, there's a lot to build on with Daniel Jones. Yes, I'm concerned it's an issue this season, but this was supposed to be the transition season. Realistically, as a Giants fan or even a football fan, you're like, I didn't expect much this year. I was hoping for four or five wins, but it might not get there. They're still in the lottery conversation. Would you rather have Jameis Winston or Trubisky? Neither. I'll take Daniel Jones, and I'll even go, I'll even, I'm not using the nickname, I can't even bring myself to do it, I'm taking Daniel Jones. Obviously, wouldn't you? Because it's been enough, that he he has enough seasons, Jameis has enough seasons, he's shown you what he is. If he cleans some of this up next year, Daniel Jones isn't as big of a concern, clearly. Trubisky's, I think, nonsense. I think he's garbage. I agree with you. I do. Uh, Miles Garrett alleged that Mason Rudolph called him a racial slur prior, uh, prior to last week's brawl on Thursday Night Football. Uh, what's the rest of that situation before we go to break? That's being reported by Adam Schefter and others at ESPN, uh, Justina Anderson, that in his... Sort of meeting with the league yesterday, he alleges that Mason Rudolph called him a racial slur. Mason Rudolph's agent and Mason Rudolph himself have strongly denied this allegation. But really, if you're Mason Rudolph and you're accused of that, you would probably strongly deny it. If you're Miles Garrett and you're accused of what you did, you might say what you said. I don't know what happened. I wasn't there. I think all situations are plausible. I don't know. They generally have a lot of microphones surrounding an NFL football field. I would think that a hot mic somewhere, I think your high-powered mics pick that up. Maybe, but it took forever for a referee to get there and try to break it up. It was like one time where I thought, my God, we need like an NHL linesman to get in there to, to keep these guys from killing each other. I certainly hope that that didn't happen. I guess we'll leave it at that until maybe some proof is but, provided because that's a serious accusation. But Miles Garrett, the suspension upheld. That the, was uh, Really, that was breaking news when we hit the air today. There you have it. The Sportszilla Show on ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. It's the Sportszilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. It's the Burdick Ford and Burdick Toyota basketball pregame. Join Seth Goldberg and Daddy Shays prior to SU basketball games all season long. Saturday, you'll hear them before the game with Bucknell. And I have a consumer alert. There is a recall on cheese nips. Cheese nips. Recall because they may contain plastic pieces. That's terrible. Don't eat those. So check your cheese nips. 
Cheese nips. Want to make sure your cheese nips are okay? I can't. Um, cheese nips. This is painfully awkward because I can't say what I want to say. So I'm going to say this. This is big news if you like cars to drive really fast and then turn to the left. If you love NASCAR, scoop, react on the other side. I'm so thankful for 18 incredible years of racing in NASCAR. The sport has been good to me and has allowed me to do something I truly love. I showed up chasing a dream and achieved more than I ever thought possible. I'm looking forward to next season and celebrating what will be my last year as a full-time NASCAR Cup driver. I know what this team is capable of, and I hope 2020 is one of the best yet. Well, I'm sure he'd like to. I'm so thankful. Oh, that was my fault? Oh. That was my fault. I, I looped it. I killed it. I'm sure he would like to win a championship in his final season, but... Has he lost the magic for a while? Nobody could beat him. And I think a lot of people got bored with NASCAR because he won every year and he was won- winning all these races. And NASCAR really has an interest problem right now. Jimmy Johnson is done after this year. He has more time to go back to his house. I'm sure it's rather big and see if he has, uh, Lowe's cl- helped him out with it. A closet full of cheese nips because he doesn't want to eat those. They may contain plastic. Check your cheese nips. Check your cheese nips. We're going to get you on the block with Brent Axe. Four o'clock, that happens. Sportzilla Show, we're out back tomorrow at 3 ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1.